Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to StadiaCast episode 16. This is the place for all of your uh, Stadia video game streaming needs. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? Not much, man. Just trying to stay inside from all the crazy wildfire smoke that's around my house. So uh, if I get a little sepia tone, it's not my camera. It's just the smoke um, sneaking into my house. (laughs) Uh, So funny story. Uh, you know what? <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's go ahead and, and, and do this before we actually start the show. Um, sure. So we're, we're not recording this show live. Uh, well, here, here, I'll do the usual intro. Before we get started, we record the show live Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern at YouTube.com slash StadiaCast. But not today. We didn't record it live today because I was having Internet issues. Now I know. This is a show about streaming video games, and I have an internet issue. How hilarious is that? What do you think, Lloyd? It's, it's funny, sad, not funny, ha <laughs> uh, So it is funny, sad. However, uh, there's going to be some people, and there are people who um, blindly despise Stadia and all things streaming, no matter what. And they're going to look at this, and they're going to say, aha! This is proof that it's not ready. Uh, but I will say this. The the issue today with us being able to stream the show live has nothing to do with my ability to play Stadia because uh, here I've got my uh, my little Google, my Google Wi-Fi. And I'm just making sure there's no personal information on there. All right. So uh, on my Google Wi-Fi right there. It says that my total download is 333 megabits per second, but my upload speed is 5.6. I would have no problem at all using Stadia today. However, streaming uh, from my house with an upload of 5.6 megabits per second is untenable. That is not something that's going to happen because the way that streaming works is... My computer takes every frame of footage that Lloyd and I produce, and then it encodes each frame and sends it up to the internet, to the YouTube servers, and then the YouTube servers re-encode those uh, at, at different bit rates. Uh, so if you've got slow internet, it's it sends one stream to you. If you've got fast internet, it sends another stream to you, and you guys get to see uh, Lloyd and I have a conversation almost in real time, which is pretty right. great. Uh, but when my internet doesn't have good upload uh that causes definite issues and i I actually have had this issue kind of all weekend i thought it was fixed well not fixed but i thought it was getting better because i was able to stream uh switchcraft yesterday uh no problem at all i was uh and i'll talk about yesterday in a little bit but no problem at all i was able to stream switchcraft and um you know i figured okay we're good uh, so I started up the stream today for Stadia Cast, and uh, just uh, it didn't work at all. <laughs> so um, it just kept saying OBS. The streaming software kept showing me like red things, saying it's not going to happen today, pal. So Lloyd and I decided to uh, do this offline, and then after we finish recording, I'm going to upload this. Uh, d- did I sum everything up okay, Lloyd? Or is there anything you want to add to that? No, I, I think I think that's exactly it. Uh, the funny thing is that if we were actually streaming a game right now and you were using Stadia, you wouldn't have this issue because it would be Google servers that have been st- that would be streaming it to your Google Live page. So that would all happen on Google's <laughs> side. So you'd be fine right now if we were actually streaming a game. Um, yeah, the internet's really weird, and I mean, there could be many different issues. It could actually be the network between you and the ingest server that's taking your video feed that's having issues. So maybe it's not even fully your internet's problem. Maybe it's just part of the issue. Um, and, and these are all interesting problems that we're going to have to tackle over the next couple of years as streaming becomes a thing with Stadia and with Project X Cloud or 
whatever um, Microsoft ends up rebranding it to if they rebrand it again and then Nintendo and then Sony and all these services that are out there. Um, we're we're going to have all sorts of fun internet issues for the next little bit. And and that's good. The more stress on the network will make things better. It'll strengthen um, the internet for everybody and uh, it, it'll make it in in the long run it will make it better for everybody um, but it is going to be a lot of growing pains for the next little bit when you have little internet blips like this definitely i i 100 agree and uh hopefully you know i this happened to me on i think i was recording on thursday and i uh i called up my isp and i said hey this is this is bs fix the stuff and they said well we're gonna send somebody out on tuesday and i was like <laughs> okay great uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm still waiting uh, and it's just my internet or just, I have been dealing with this issue with my upload speed for ages and I can't wait until Stadia comes so that I can stream games without having to worry about my upload speed because that's, uh, that's one of the things about Stadia is it means anybody, oh, well, almost, almost anybody can be <laughs> a streamer. Uh, and streaming is really, really fun. So uh, I, I really hope that, uh, that that Stadia gets that and works. Uh, before we get started into all of the news stories, and holy cow, we've got a lot of crowd play feedback to get to. I just wanted to make a quick announcement, uh, and that is I'm going to be at DragonCon this year, which is I'm super excited for. Uh, I'll be there starting on Friday. August, I'm looking at a calendar here, August 30th up until uh, September 2nd, I will be on like three or four panels talking about stuff. And I can't say what yet because um, those panels haven't been announced. But uh, just if you're going to be at Dragon Con and you see this bald weirdo, come over and give me a <laughs> high five and say hi, because that would just make my day. Uh, okay, let's... Um, Let's get into the news. The Game Gear Supersonic Sports Pack. You know who makes it. Coffee? Tea? Sega! All right. Well, no, we're not talking about Sega. We're talking about Nintendo. And Lloyd and I might be like, oh, my gosh. We've already talked about, like, have you talked about this yet on uh, on your show? No, not yet. Um, oh. So it, I was reading this one this morning, and I'm like, oh, how did I miss that one? How did I miss this article for uh, Saturday's show? Yeah, so Door to Door Geek tweeted at us, and he said, uh, you know, the Forbes, which, by the way, I am not clicking on this article because uh, I clicked on it earlier, and it popped up a, uh, uh, you know, an auto-playing video and a pop-over ad and all this other trash, <laughs> and I was like, nope, not going to Forbes' website anymore, but I, I got the gist of it, and the gist of it is that Forbes thinks that Nintendo and Google should team up and, you know, and I'll form the head and together we are Voltron, you know, that kind of thing. I, I well, Nintendo is not going to play ball with this. Um, no, they, they were. In fact, Nintendo was asked at the um, 79th annual general meeting of shareholders. And if you want to uh, read the whole thing, uh, like their whole thing, which is very much not about um it's not about uh, Stadia, uh, there, but there's one small section in this that is about uh, about streaming, and then the rest is all Nintendo stuff. But if, if you want, you can just go to the URL that's on the screen, or you can go to the link in the show notes over at runjumpstomp.com and find uh, those show notes. But uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to scroll down to the part where they're talking about streaming. Actually, it might be easier if I... Oh, it's... Um, it's not there. Dang it. Okay. Uh, look at you. Oh, man. I had it um, highlighted, but I, I I forgot where I was. And when I rebooted my computer, I was no longer on the, the page that I had thought that I was on. Does that make sense, Lloyd? Yeah, it does. Can you, um, you, so you vamp while I find this? Okay. Um, so uh, I'm looking at the Forbes article right now, okay. and um, it's it, it's interesting. Like This, this article is really... I, I like it. Um, if it was real, uh, I'm not sure if it was real. Um, and I've seen a couple of reaction videos to this, um, to this article, mainly from the Nintendo um, side of things, talking about how the new mini switch is going to have a 1080p screen and faster processor and all this. And because of that, um, Forbes is saying that 
this this is the perfect head to the Google Stadia um um, I don't know, Dragon. Uh, so you'd have this this system, you sell it to people from another company, you put a Stadia client on it, and it makes it available in uh, the widest market available, which is funny because Google already makes phones and Chromebooks and all these other, and Chromecasts, so they're already in the widest market available. So it was just, it was kind of this this really weird uh, connection between the, the two companies doing separate things, and they're like, hey, they should work together, like peanut butter and chocolate. Um, <laughs> but it really doesn't work that way but there was the 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 one interesting aspect is because nintendo works with nvidia and google works with nvidia they're saying that they could bake in support for google's vp9 codec which is um one of their really low latency streaming codecs and if this if the um if the new mini switch had that baked into the cpu then yeah that would be that would be better if it was hardware level decoding of this stuff it would be possible that the decoding of VP9 would be even faster than on other devices. Um, so that was a really, really interesting thing. And the, with NVIDIA working with both companies, it totally makes sense to start adding that stuff in. Um, but the rest of it seems like maybe it's a little bit of a of, of a stretch, I guess. Uh, to me, the whole article felt like it was, is, uh, I, I like that you, you found the one nugget of information that would be really beneficial. But to me, I read the article and I was like, this is, this is somebody who said, hey, uh, Nintendo Switch is really popular right now, and people are writing a lot of articles about Stadia. So I'm going to write an article about Nintendo Switch and yeah. Stadia, and oh man, all the clicks we're going to get. And sure <laughs> enough, they fooled me. I, I clicked on their their article, uh, but yeah. you know that that's the thing. I just felt like this was a very very clickbaity article, and Nintendo responded not directly to this article, but Nintendo was asked about this at their 79th annual shareholders meeting. I finally found the question. Uh, it was question number four, if you want to read everything, because I, I highlighted the important stuff. Uh, it says here, uh, there is an impression that Nintendo has been a little slow to join large global trends like the mobile business and releasing games that use VR. The current global discussion now is of the entrance of major corporations into cloud computing and streaming games, as well as alliances between rivals in the arena of cloud computing. What are Nintendo's thoughts on the trends and how do you plan to respond? Also, how does Nintendo plan to respond to the change in communication standards from 4G to 5G? Uh, so you want to read what Mr. Furukawa said? Um, I don't see that article right now. Oh, okay. That's all right. Uh, so Mr. Furukawa oh, re re replied, he said, while we, and he's the current president of Nintendo. Uh, he, he said, while we don't expect all games to become cloud games anytime soon, the technologies are definitely advancing. We do, we see a future where cloud and streaming technologies will develop more and more as a means of delivering games to customers. If these changes increase the worldwide gaming population, that will give us more opportunities with our integrated hardware and software development approach to reach people worldwide with a unique entertainment that Nintendo can provide. So basically he's saying, look, if this means that more people play video games, then that's awesome for us because we offer the best approach where we control the hardware and we control the software. And when you put those two things together, you get a really, really good experience. That's what Mr. Furukawa is saying. I don't know that I agree Sorry. that that is the best. Uh, it's definitely yeah. really good. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously Lloyd and I are huge Nintendo fans because we both do a Nintendo podcast. Yours is called Nintendo Pulse. Nintendo Pulse. I always screw it up. Uh, it's always is <laughs> called Nintendo Pulse and mine's Nintendo Switchcraft. If you haven't subscribed to those yet, go subscribe right now. Uh, so what do you think about what Mr. Furukawa said? Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of Nintendo's line all the time is we we make games and we use the best technology possible to tell our stories and if the technology changes um we will we will adapt and, and i mean that's kind of the 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 cole's notes version of of what he's saying and i mean that's just a very pr way of of nintendo to handle it saying we we see a future but it's not there yet maybe we'll do it maybe not it all depends um so it's really kind of a non-story for that um, I, I think uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's quotes um, <laughs> that they're not falling, they haven't fallen behind was really kind of funny. 
um because it's like we we've done vr for forever you just haven't seen it like don't don't pay attention to to what we've released all this other stuff we've done in the back um that's kind of uh, the the funnier part of this um answer that we covered on on nintendo pulse um yeah i don't know it's just it's really weird and nintendo does fall behind like they're 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 new technology on a lot of aspects but then they're they're like 10 years old technology on other aspects of what they do um so this is a, a really interesting comment to come up at one of the investor briefings and for the uh, the idea that that nintendo is going to jump in with streaming anytime soon is nintendo I, I think you you nailed it. Nintendo's really good at utilizing uh, new technology for uh, purposes of control of yep. the game. Uh, but when they are talking about uh, newer technologies for what the game is running on and those kind of things, Nintendo likes to use seasoned technology that's been around for a while. That's kind of um their motto like uh gunpei yokoi he's the guy who invented the d-pad and the game boy and the virtual boy and and all that stuff and, and like uh he popularized the light gun uh like he said look we don't do new stuff we do old stuff because old stuff is easier to work with and it just it, it made a lot of sense uh mr miyamoto also said um, let me find the button here. I think that cloud gaming will become more widespread in the future, but I have no doubt that there will continue to be games that are fun because they are running locally and not in the cloud. I take issue to that. I, I don't know if you can think of anything, Lloyd. I mean, uh, local multiplayer. You can't, you like, it, it, having local multiplayer, and if you have everybody connecting with individual controllers on a local screen and you're at a bar, sure, that you can't really do that with Stadia very easily um, because you'd have to get all your controllers on the Wi-Fi network of the bar that you're at or the rooftop party, um, like the the uh, first <laughs> uh, real, yeah, Karen at the rooftop party. Um, sure, that stuff would be more fun to have something running locally. But, but if you have five or four stadia controllers and you have a game running on stadia on your tv and it does fun things um with that connection there's no difference whether the game's running locally or not so i guess maybe taking it out of your house maybe having a physical system running that game would be better um but in the future internet speeds are going to go up there's pretty much nothing that you're not going to be able to do streaming that you can do locally um that, that i can think of anyway and uh, Mr. Shiota, he's a director at Nintendo and a senior executive officer. He said 5G can send a because because this the person who asked the question had like three questions in their question, which is <laughs> I don't know how these guys like they're standing up there and, and they get fired all these questions and somehow they have an answer for all of them like like that. It's very impressive. Uh, but he's standing up there and he says 5G can send a large amount of data without latency. We are aware that this technology has been gaining a lot of attention and Nintendo is also investigating it. However, we don't only chase trends in technology. Cost is an extremely important factor when it comes to 5G. It's difficult to use even outstanding technology if the cost is too high. So we will continue to also thoroughly investigate the cost of new technologies. So the thing that that stands out to me here is a lot of people were like, oh man, uh, I saw, like, I think I even saw an article where it showed, it, was it was it the one that was tweeted at us? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, I saw one that showed the Switch with a 5, 5G on the, like, on the screen. And <laughs> people are saying, oh, man, if the Switch had built in 5G, then, or the Switch Pro had built in 5G, then it could use Stadia, and it would be amazing. And those people forget that the current Switch doesn't even have... LTE it, like yeah, it, it doesn't have it doesn't, cell radio at all yeah it doesn't have that stuff that's not Nintendo's like Nintendo does not they don't make phones all right as much <laughs> as I know that there are people out there who would want them to that's not going to happen so this thing running Google Stadia I don't think that's going to happen Nintendo would look at that and they would say well that is directly competing with our shop why would we sell why would we let somebody run Stadia on this? Same thing with PlayStation and Xbox. I don't see PlayStation or Xbox running Stadia on their consoles because right. it just doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, just, any, anything to add? 
But just imagine the future where you buy a Switch Pro that can run Stadia. So you pay for a Stadia subscription, which then you've paid for a Uplay subscription on top of that. So you have a piece of hardware with multiple subscriptions just chaining out. The future is wonderful. That's Especially right. If you, have a, if you have a 5G modem in it, then you're paying your, what, 30 bucks a month for your data plan as well. Like the future just looks fantastic. You, you in, forgot in about regards. the $20 a year to get Nintendo Switch online. That's right. You need to pay Nintendo <laughs> online to then use Stadia's online servers. Yeah, I, this, this question was just all weird. It's like asking about technology that Nintendo's not really dealing with right now and and a lot of that stuff comes up at shareholders and it's like hey this is a thing why aren't you doing this thing and then they respond to it and then nothing comes of it but yeah this uh this the switch pro, switch mini or switch pro um having all this technology just so that nintendo can partner with google seems very unlikely to me uh okay so what I want to do is I want to we're going to take a break we're going to uh hear from our sponsors when we come back I have a story that I want to share with you, and I want I want to get your reaction and your thoughts on exactly what it is that we're going to run into. So listen to this uh, ad, and when we come back, uh, we're going to hear a story from Bill. Let the Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. All right, well, this is not in the home. Uh, in the home, I think Stadia is going to work great. However... Uh, I had to go uh, to a conference uh, uh, at the end of the school year. I went to a conference and we were uh, at this conference and uh, I was I, I had my my iPad and I was getting connected to the hotel Wi-Fi and it pops up this uh, uh, this uh, screen and it's like put in your room number or whatever. I, I don't remember. Uh, but, it, you know, it was like it, it captures and stops you from getting to the Internet on their Wi-Fi before you click a button or whatever. And it occurred to me, how the hell are we going to do that with a Google Stadia controller and a Chromecast? Uh, so because I know that there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, man, uh, Stadia is going to be fantastic. And God, don't start sending me messages that I hate Stadia. I do a Stadia podcast. OK, <laughs> so don't I'm, I'm just saying I look at both sides, but um, there's going to be people out there or there have been people out there who say Stadia is fantastic if you travel because you're going to be able to not have to take your whole console with you. You just take your Chromecast and your uh, controller and you're all set. But what happens when you get to the hotel and they have that that portal that you have to go through before you get to the Internet and there's like no screen on your controller? How are you going to put in the inputs? Lloyd, do you have a solution? Well, first, I have a question for you, Bill. Why do you hate Stadia so much, Bill? I, I well, you know, change <laughs> is bad. I like to collect stuff. My internet is terrible. I think we've established this. <laughs> uh, yeah, just kidding, of course. Uh, people that are going to tweet and say, see, even Lloyd thinks Google. Or, <laughs> Bill hates Google and Stadia. No, he doesn't. Um, hotel Wi-Fi is a really interesting beast because of that that little capture page where it wants your name and your room number and stuff like that. Um, there are ways around it, and I, I don't want to admit to doing this in the past at hotels, but if you get a laptop on and if you have a laptop that can uh, spoof a MAC address, uh, you figure out the MAC address of the device that you want to get on the network that doesn't have a web browser on it, so your game console, and you copy that code and you change the MAC address of your Wi-Fi uh, adapter on your laptop, then connect to the hotel Wi-Fi accept all the ter the terms and agreements, turn off your laptop, and then when you turn on your other device, um, most times that device will just come up on the network because you've already you've already associated that MAC address with your room and, and you can get on that way. So that's right, one hold way on, hold on, hold on. While you were saying that, I just want everybody to imagine my face <laughs> and the you know the meme where it shows all of the trigonometry and and <laughs> stuff like popping up on the screen and there's the confused person. That's yeah. what I looked like. And I'm not a dumb guy, <laughs> but I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like there people are not going to. I mean, yes, no. some people are going to do that. But those That's people right. are the super nerds. And don't think that I'm saying nerd in a derogatory term. I'm a nerd. All right. But these are like the super nerds. I'm nerdy about this stuff over here. And the people who are nerdy about the stuff that Lloyd was just saying, like, they're going to be like, oh, that's, that's no problem. But this is not yep. a solution. 
it's definitely not a solution. It's a workaround. Um, oh, okay. But the the best workaround is you bring a laptop, you play Stadia on that laptop that's connected to Wi-Fi, and you plug in your Stadia controller through the USB-C um, on your laptop. I mean, or you use a different controller. So maybe using Google's actual controller might not be the best method in, in that case because hotel Wi-Fi is spotty at, at the best of times. They throttle connections. They they do um, they they do uh, like pipe sharing basically. So you have one pipe that comes to that floor, and you have everybody that's using the the internet at one point. Um, they figure out okay, there's 15 connections, so everyone can use this much data. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of packet shaping that is going on inside of a hotel. Maybe not the best way to use, um, or maybe not the best thing to use to play video games. Um, but if you have a phone, uh, you can basically tether um, that way. Like there's other ways around it, but it is going to be a mess. And it's going to take, um, there's probably going to be a, a lot of uh, angry tweets uh, where people are like, oh, I took my Stadia controller with me and I can't even play this stupid game. What the hell, Google? When it's really not a Google fault, it's the hotels, um, they, they don't like they don't like Wi-Fi. They they loathe that they have to actually put it in their hotels, and they 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 hate even more the fact that people want it for free when they used to be able to charge fifteen dollars to plug a wire into your laptop back back in the day. Uh, I'm glad I never traveled back then. I was too poor to travel back then, uh, so I never had to worry about that. Uh, every hotel that I've ever been in has had free Wi-Fi, and I've always been happy <laughs> to use it. But it's also not been the best experience i mean most of the time like i'll be watching a video on my ipad and it'll be all you know kind of garbagey because they're you know they're sharing their crappy connection with you know hundreds of people and really it's just there so you can get your email and maybe browse the internet it's not really there for playing video games and uh, i just want everybody to temper your expectations just a little bit because uh, I think that hotel Wi-Fi is not going to go well with Stadia, and uh, nope. especially if you want to do the whole Chromecast thing and um, and uh, the Chromecast and the and the Stadia controller, like the Founders Pack. Uh, you, Lloyd's yeah. right; you're going to be much better off just bringing a laptop and a controller that hooks directly into the laptop because yeah. then you can get it online easily. Uh, and, all right. And there's even there's even one more pro tip before we go. This is kind of a, a, a secret of the trade for people that travel a lot. I don't travel a lot, but I have a lot of friends that do. If you're staying at a hotel that has Wi-Fi, a lot of times they'll still have an Ethernet port in the room. And usually that Ethernet port doesn't run through the same protection. So you can just plug into it and just use it um, because it's old. No one uses it anymore. Um, so you can actually usually get faster Internet just by plugging in through the Ethernet port in your hotel room. Not every hotel, of course, but a lot of the ones that I've stayed at, I, I've just plugged my laptop in and, and you get like like 20 20 megabit, 30 megabit downloads when you're getting like 5k a second on the Wi-Fi. So just another pro tip. So if you bring a laptop and have your wired controller, you can you, you bring an Ethernet adapter, you can plug that in and then you can get in even faster. But it's going to be a messy experience anyway. So it's not going to be um, it's not going to be the joy that people are hoping it's going to be. But I mean, to be fair, somebody who travels all the time, mm -hmm. I think that the state if, if you have like I, I read someplace that you can buy like a a very small router uh, that is that made for this. So you plug it into the Ethernet and then you use that router to do all your yep. stuff. Um, yep. And I heard that those are like 50 or 60 bucks. So if you're somebody who's on the road all the time, then the, the experience for Stadia would probably be better than lugging along your PS5 or your Xbox Next or well, probably not your Nintendo Switch because that's... That's super portable and and it works really well. Um, honestly, if you're traveling all the time, that's my that's my recommendation is get a switch instead of Stadia. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, you want to hit this crowd play stuff because we got tons of of feedback to hit. Yeah, let's jump right into it. So get that first uh, one. Sorry. The first, uh, the first one from Lawworthy, um, Sadiecast, I don't agree with your comparison of subscription services, Netflix, Hulu, standard cable television to Stadia. As you have mentioned, Stadia is in fact not a streaming service, it's a store. Um, so that's from Lawworthy on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thanks for that. I, I wish I knew the context as to where this comment came from or like how we were saying we we're comparing it um, because... Uh, 
to me, it kind of is the same thing because you're you ha- you only have so much money to spend on entertainment, and if you're already paying for Netflix and Hulu and and other things, this is just another subscription on top of it. Um, but yeah, if you're comparing Google service to Netflix, it definitely isn't that. It's not it's not like a, a game service like Netflix. So I I definitely uh, agree with you in that regard. Slowworthy. I think. I think if I'm if I remember correctly, I think what they were referring to is the idea that I said, uh, look, there's there's a place where for subscriptions and you only have so many dollars that can go out and people right. are already subscribing to Netflix and Hulu. And the reason that Netflix and Hulu can differentiate themselves is because of the stores or the the shows that they have, whereas, you know, Stadia can't really do that because yeah they're gonna have some some um uh, exclusives they're gonna have some exclusives but hulu and netflix have enough that's different between them that a lot of people will subscribe to both and i think that we said something along the lines of people will tend to pick one subscription when it comes to video games and stick with that and uh, I think that's what Lawworthy is saying. But I completely agree with Lawworthy that Stadia is a store. And I, I think that that is a very, very important point to make, that Stadia is very much a store. And uh, with the option to pay a subscription to have access to other stuff that they haven't really sold us on yet. And... I think that most of the negativity out there is because we've said this before. Google did a horrible job messaging this stuff. Uh, all right. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for the tweet, uh, Lawworthy. By the way, we are at StadiaCast if you want to get a hold of us that way. Um, this next one is from Anthony Talcott. He's practically a co-host. He, he, he <laughs> sends in a message all the time. Thank you for uh, the feedback, Anthony. Uh, he says, uh, at StadiaCast, question for the podcast. I'm pretty sure you guys have multiple consoles. So I was wondering, what would Stadia have to do to make its console your primary console for the next three to five years? Lloyd, you want to start us off here? Um, It would have to be really cheap and it would have to have every single game I want to play on it. Um, I, I, my primary console is the Switch because I love Nintendo and Nintendo games. And I find that a lot of the third-party stuff that I want to play is on the Switch, which is great. Um, but I, I just signed up for um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and I'm playing Crackdown 3 on my PC. Like, there's so many ways to get games nowadays, and I, I don't, I don't really have, I don't really have a primary. I just have a place to play the games that I want to play. I still play my PS4, and I still play other things. Um, but yeah, if if they can get a really cheap subscription model or if they if they make it just super compelling to give google my 10 bucks a month and play all the games that i want to play um it would for sure be my my primary console but um as of right now i don't i don't see that happening because they don't really want to use this as a streaming service it doesn't seem to be that's where they're focusing their efforts for me i mean you said it switch is that's my console of choice it go but, but let me tell you the reasons why this is my console of choice other than Nintendo games, which are never going to be on Stadia. Uh, the, the Nintendo games are number one, but then all of the other reasons that, that this is my primary console is, well, first off it's portable. So I can take it to any room of the house. Guess what? Stadia is portable. I can take it to any room (laughs) in the house as well. Any room with a screen I can play Stadia on. So that kind of differentiates a little bit or, or, uh, makes it, it very, very similar. Um, that, that's my biggest reason why I love this thing is the Nintendo switch. I have, I have three docks in my house. And so if I'm in here and I'm streaming, uh, then I I've got my switch in here in its dock. If I go into the, my wife is in the bed reading, I will go in and sit next to her and play a game on the TV, uh, because I've got a, uh, a dock in there. If I want to go downstairs and use our bigger TV, I've got a dock downstairs as well. And being able to play the Switch in any room of my house is very, very compelling to me. And Stadia, any room with a screen, uh, that's going to be possible as well. And I just so happen to have a much nicer big screen right here in my hand. For those of you not watching the the video show, I'm holding up an iPad Pro 12.9 
Like this is a giant screen compared to my Nintendo Switch. Like if I try and put these things uh, next to each other, this thing is just massive and insane. <laughs> and uh, it's also lighter than the Switch and thinner than the Switch. And it has a longer battery than the Switch. Um, if this is my Stadia, like if Stadia is available on the the iPad, uh, which I'm sure it will be, um, then holy cow. It like the only reason that I'm playing an, on Nintendo is for Nintendo games at that point, uh, right. because this is just a beautiful screen and it's a higher resolution and it's just a better experience in every possible way. Uh, so it's a good thing Nintendo has fantastic first party titles, but I, I don't th I, I, I do think that that's a very good possibility that a lot of people will be convinced to be playing on Stadia in the next three to five years, especially if they are somebody like me who has a lot of screens to use. Uh, so thank you very much, Anthony, for that tweet. Uh, we got a YouTube comment, which I am trying to bring up. This is, here we go. So this is from Martin, and Martin says, I need to talk about something. We all do. Um, <laughs> I think of all people who do not, I think of all, I think he means to say, I think of all of the people who do not have gaming PCs or consoles. This is a great way that they can start in gaming as well. Uh, there are, by, by the way, don't criticize this guy's English. His, his last name has like a weird O in it. So my guess is that English is this guy's second language and he does it better than most people that I know. So, uh, he also says there are some of us who have most of gaming, like gaming PC and consoles who believe that everyone has it. So I think what he's saying is, look, there's a lot of us who have all the consoles and we have a PC and we just assume that everybody's like us and has all of this stuff. Uh, those who think like that live in a bubble. I think that with Google Stadia, we will see an increase in gaming. And I think that he's actually kind of saying the same kind of things that uh, Mr. Miyamoto, I think it was Mr. Miyamoto or Mr. Furukawa said, uh, where they said I that they think that Google can increase the number of people who actually play games instead of just appealing to the people who already play games. I think that's what Martin is saying here. Um, when people know about Google Stadia in the world, for me, who travels a lot, Stadia is the perfect to bring when traveling. We kind of already talked about that. Uh, one thing we need to know is about the $10 a month is cheap when you can stream 4K HDR 5.1. What does the graphic... What does a graphics card that can do well on heavy 3D, 3D games cost? $750? Stadia is not xCloud. xCloud is built on today's Xbox uh, X console and Xbox S console. Stadia is more along the PC graphics and the next generation. Uh, so what do you think about his, uh, his thoughts there, Lloyd? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to kind of couch your, your investment a little bit saying, well, if I'm paying 10 bucks a month to get 4K, what am I getting? Well, you're not paying a $500 console or a $700 video card to put in your PC. I mean, that's a, a really great way to look at it. You're just buying a Chromecast and a, and a controller and you're saving a lot of money that way up front. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I really I like that way of looking at it if you're looking from a dollars and cents um, aspect. Yeah, and honestly, I I think we, we might actually have this in here. Somebody somebody yeah. sent me a message about uh, the cost of... Oh, yeah, yeah, Thomas Barnes. Did you see this one? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's uh, I. We talked about this so much when the Xbox was Xbox One was announced because they they it was supposed to be on all the time. It was your it was your input one on your TV, and everyone's like, "Well, it's going to cost me seventy dollars a year just to have it sitting there." Um, that's way more expensive than any other set top box. So I remember that argument from five years ago, and it never even dawned on me to bring that up when we started talking about Stadia. Right. So Thomas says, "Not sure if you have covered this," and no, we have not. Uh, as I'm still catching up, but the cost in the UK in electricity alone to run an Xbox One is approximately 47 pounds, which he, he did the math for us. Thank you. Uh, which is about $59. Uh, great that Google can cover the majority of that cost. And that's that's true. Google is paying for the electricity to run Stadia. Uh, and oh, my God, like 
the amount of like I think somebody did the math on how much it costs to charge a laptop for a year. Right. It's like nothing. It's it's almost nothing to have your laptop charged for the whole year. It's really, really cheap, especially compared to something like the Xbox One uh, X. So I think that that's a really great point. When you look at the cost of video games, like there's hidden costs that you don't think about when you're going to go out and buy a console. And trust me, you know, there's going to be people who, you know, I've talked about the people who all think that Bill hates Stadia. Now let's talk about the people who all think that Bill is a Stadia fanboy. Uh, and they're going to be like, oh, this is, is, you know, Bill's getting paid by Google or whatever. Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um, although, you know, maybe if we get this, um, you know, get, get enough people to subscribe to this channel, we'll get monetized. So uh, I, I have a console. I'm not going to stop buying consoles. Uh, but I definitely think that there's those hidden costs that people just don't think about. I, I don't want to I don't want to know how much electricity <laughs> I am spending because I do not shut off my PS4. I put it in sleep mode and I don't know how much electricity that uses over the the course of a year. My computer, do you shut off your computer, Lloyd? Uh, No, I don't. Neither Um, do I. And and my computer has a bug recently where it doesn't even go to sleep properly. So I'll, I'll come here the next day and my screens are still on, which is just fantastic for the longevity of this hardware. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So it's not just me. Did this just start happening like a week ago? Uh, no, this started happening uh, with one of the, uh, the, not the most recent Windows update, like one from like October. Um, so I got it in like November or December. That's when it started and I can't track it down. It's the most annoying thing in the world. Okay. Well, I'm experiencing that same thing. Anyway, Thomas, thank you very much for the tweet. You want to pick a tweet and uh, tell us all about it there, Lloyd? Sure. So uh, we got another Anthony Talcott uh, tweet coming in. Uh, he posted an image of a file structure of, um, or a, yeah, an image of a file structure of uh, Fallout 76. Uh, and, and he asked, so I'm not a programmer, but does this mean that Fallout 76 is coming to Stadia? And what it is, is there's a, a picture um, that's in, attached that has Google or Chromium renderer um, as in the directory for Fallout 76. And um, no well maybe but not this what what chromium is it's it's a web browser so this is the chromium render is just an, a web browser that they've bundled with fallout 76 i guess when they do the news items and things like that um they're like using the store a, yeah the store all that stuff they're just using a, a web page so they bundled a uh, chromium uh which is google's um browser core in with their game so it doesn't mean that they're going to be um, running in Chromium, it just part of their game uses Chromium. But I wouldn't be surprised if Fallout 76 eventually did come to uh, Stadia. It's an on always online world like that. Seems like it would just make sense to be running in the Google Cloud. And we already know that Bethesda is is uh, keen on supporting Stadia because uh, we know that um, Elder Scrolls Online is coming to uh, Stadia. Stadia, or at Google Stadia, tweeted that the other day, that um, Elder Scrolls Online is on board with coming to um, to Google Stadia. Even if, even if uh, Fallout 76 is coming to Stadia, there wouldn't be anything in the file structure. And again, I'm no programmer, but I would just assume there wouldn't be anything in the the file structure that you have installed on your computer that would have anything to do with that. Uh, Because why would they like, it's not like they are just taking what they are already running and just installing it on a computer. Uh, The Stadia hardware is very different than a windows PC. The operating system is different than a windows PC. And so the 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 idea of looking at these files and being like oh man look at that chrome that means it's stadia it doesn't it doesn't really hold up but i like your enthusiasm without a doubt um we also got another comment from the youtubes uh from doug jacobson uh this was yesterday he was responding to episode 15 he said i need to make a stadia controller for the handicapped I have some ideas. Any idea on who I should talk to? 
Um, I have no idea who you should talk to, but I think that Microsoft is using um, for, for their, um, what, what do they call their their uh, um, uh, controller? I, I just talked about it yesterday. Um, it's like, it's extensible? No. Um, can't remember what it's called and I'm trying to, my Google is failing me right now. I, I'm typing things as well. This is wonderful audio. Uh, it's the adaptive <laughs> controller. Adaptive. Yeah, the, and if you don't know what the adaptive controller is, it is, don't do your pop-ups, people. Um, it is this really, really weird looking controller uh, that has, uh, basically it's a big rectangle with two giant circles in the middle. And then there's a D-pad on the side. And then on the back of this thing, it's got a bunch of inputs where you can plug other devices into it. And there is nothing that says that this won't be compatible with Stadia, except, except that Google Stadia, if you want to play it on the TV, requires a Chromecast, and the Chromecast doesn't have Bluetooth, so there's no real way to hook this up to that. So, honestly... What? No, no, thank you. I don't need help. Um, <laughs> so what I would say is that if you want to use Stadia and you want to have use the Xbox adaptive controller, which there's been tons of R&D put into this, yeah. then what I would recommend is that when you get Stadia, you play it on a PC uh, because you'll have the same experience as somebody who's on the TV or you could just hook a laptop up to with HDMI out up to your 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 TV uh, as well, and then have this controller hooked up to it. And I think that that you know the Xbox adaptive controller, it, it's already got you covered. So I, I don't want to uh, dissuade you from uh, fr from whatever project you're working on, but. You know, I don't know that that's needed to reinvent the wheel, especially when we have a corporation with giant buckets of money, making right. sure that it's being done uh, the right way. Uh, but if you have feedback from Microsoft um, uh, about their adaptive controller, then I definitely think you should reach out to them because maybe you can help make things better. That's right. Yeah, no, the adaptive controller is really fantastic. Like it's it's opened the world to gaming to so many more people without having these like crazy hacked together, um, I, I don't know, contraptions to hook on controllers and get them into systems. It's basically just a USB device that has, uh, it looks almost like a mixing board on the back. It has little plugins where you plug in these other devices. It, it's fantastic. And yeah, I, I can't see why it wouldn't be supported under Stadia because it is supported by Windows. Um, so if you're running Stadia client on Windows, you should be able to use this for at least um, to emulate an Xbox One controller um, and play your games that way. So, um, yeah, it already exists. Um, maybe there'll, there'll be some some great R&D that can be uh, put put to use to um, to figure out the best way to get it working with the Stadia browser. But, yeah, I think this is already the one controller to rule them all for for those types of needs. All right. So I've got a really weird tweet here that I want us to take a look at. It's from uh, Sir uh, at 16 blocks on Twitter. Uh, they said at StadiaCast, this is what I mentioned on the last show in chat. As a Stadia focused ad, it seems irrelevant to tell the Stadia audience about a beta that launches before Stadia does. I understand the general info, but it doesn't apply to Stadia. And that's this is this is the ad that they're talking about. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it, but if not, I'm going to explain it right now. So they're showing a boxed copy of <laughs> of Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is weird because it's not like a PlayStation or an Xbox boxed copy. It's just like generic PC boxed copy in some way. And then it says uh, October 4th, pre-order now for guaranteed beta access. And then on the bottom, it says Ubisoft Stadia does not mention Windows PC, does not mention Xbox, does not mention PS4, but Stadia is not out at that point. So right. what in the hell is going on here? I'm so confused by this. Lloyd, can you can you make things easier for me? I'm not that bright. I, I, I don't understand why they would even put out this ad. Like Stadia doesn't launch in October. So if you pre-order now, you're not going to get beta access on Stadia. Why only include Stadia when it's on every other platform imaginable? Like this is just really odd advertising, um, odd, odd marketing from from Ubisoft. I don't really know what they're trying to gain here. 
Me either. Um, uh, go ahead. They were targeting a video that had Stadia keyword, and they just said, oh, <laughs> we have a version of this ad that is only for Stadia things, and there you go. Um, but yeah, just really, really bizarre. Uh, Thomas Barnes, again, I love these guys that give us all kinds of stuff to talk about. Um, he says, great podcast, very informative. Thank you. Uh, could Google include something like a family library? I actually want to refer you to either last episode or two episodes ago or three episodes. I, I don't remember. Just listen to all the episodes. We have definitely <laughs> covered it. Uh, Phil Harrison did say, or was it Phil Harrison or just somebody that worked at Google? I can't remember, but somebody uh, who was in the know said, yeah, 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 we're working on family library stuff. Uh, we don't know if it's going to come at launch or not, but that is something that they're, they're working on. Do you remember any of the, uh, pertinent details there, Lloyd? Uh, no, just that they were working on it. Uh, and, and I know that Google play has family, family library is part of Google play. Um, so Google already does this. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if this is just baked into kind of like the Stadia interface for when you set up your account and, and add your family members and things like that. Eventually that you'll be able to add games to, um, the family library to play. Um, it totally makes sense. Google's already doing it. So I don't see why they wouldn't do it here. Keep those tweets coming. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at StadiaCast. You can follow me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. And you can follow Lloyd at Dasme. That's D-A-S-M-E. And be sure to use the hashtag StadiaCast. Find your tweets. Uh, I would like to thank the uh, unofficial Discord server of the official Stadia subreddit for letting people know about our show, which you can check out over at bit.ly slash Discord. If, uh, if you want to just focus on Stadia stuff, then that's the Discord for you. Or you can join uh, my Discord at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, or Lloyd has his own Discord, which you can find at res.tv slash Discord. And you're going to want to spell that for people because res is a weird right. thing. R-E-Z-D.TV or R-E-Z-D.TV, depending on which part of the world you come from. That's right. Uh, music you are about to hear is Subterranean Kamikaze by Zircon. Check out their stuff at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. Lloyd, everybody, goodbye! Bye.